What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. I'll keep this short and sweet. We've got Nick Ruffini on the show this week. He's the host of the longest running drumming podcast out there today called Drummer's Resource. With over 650 episodes, Nick has talked to almost every drummer you can think of. I love his interviews and I've learned a lot from him over the years. His show is one I look up to quite a bit and we've chatted a few times off the air, but it was great to finally get him on the show. If you're a fan of drumming podcasts, I'm sure you're well aware of Nick but you might not know a lot about him as a player. So let's get to know Nick through the records that shaped him into the drummer he is today and go check out Drummer's Resource, but then come back to this feed. Bye. I'm nervous. <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm nervous too, man, because like I'm with the king of drumming podcasts right now, Mr. Oh, here Nick Ruffini. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll get that out of the way. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to start off with this question. So what was your mindset going into this? How did you decide on these choices? Uh, you know, honestly, it was it was a pretty easy choice when you, you were like, you know, what are your talking? And I was like, just off the top of my head, I was like, boom, 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 boom. Here's the, here's the five for sure. Um, and they, each one of them, there's a, there's a specific reason why they stick out in my head and sort of life experiences that went along with these particular, particular albums. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't really that hard for me. I think when, when a lot of times when you say, Oh, what's your, like your favorite couple, like if you, if you're like, what's your favorite record of all time, it's not even a question for me. I already know what it is. Right. So so these five were were very like I couldn't write them down fast enough, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are like, well, if I don't include this record, people are gonna think that I'm like, I don't. Here's my five. Like, yeah, love yeah, it some or hate people. It. I can tell some people after I'm starting to talk to them, I'm like, I feel like you put this record on just because you want to be cool, you know. And then there's some people that it's <laughs> right. like, no, you are a geek about this record. I get it. Right. Um, all right. Well, let's just hop into the number one. So your number one is kind of a, I guess, a twofer. Um, mm -hmm. So it's live at Red Rocks and also is the album live at Red Rocks and under the table or what is the, I guess, what is the title? So, the, so there's the live album is, is the live at Red Rocks, okay. which is just Dave Matthews band live at Red Rocks. Mm -hmm. um, Carter Beaufort, yeah. Carter Beaufort on drums. And then Carter Beaufort also had an instructional, it, at the time it was a VHS called under the table and drumming. Okay. that okay. A play on their under the table and dreaming record. Uh, oh, which I see. It was a double VHS uh, tape, and I watched it so much that I broke it. I bought it again, and <laughs> it broke again, and then I bought it a third time, and it broke again. So, like, that's how many times I've watched this that instructional uh, thing. And they kind of went hand in hand for me because I was watching the instructional video all the time and then listening. Like, I would play that whole Live at Red Rocks album note for note, up and down, like, pretty much wow. every day mm -hmm. so i always tell people i'm like carter Beaufort taught me how to play drums not personally but like between those two things that was that was it for me man 
Yeah. So that one was recorded in 95, but it came out in 97. Mm -hmm. um, the song choice, and again, I always ask the guests to choose a song choice, even though the record as a whole is the reason that people choose these. But um, the song choice is Ants Marching. So how old were you when you came into your life? How, I mean, I know you just kind of explained it a little bit, but what is the specifics on why Carter Beaufort means so much to you? You know, it was actually the, so my brother's a drummer mm. and I, he would always introduce me to, to new music. And then when that, I don't even know where that, that instructional video came from. I think my brother borrowed it from a friend or something like that. And I was never really like into Dave Matthews band or didn't, I didn't know that much about, you know, heard him on the radio. Mm -hmm. Um, and once I started watching that video, it was just, I remember how I remember how shiny the hi hats were and how crisp they were. Right. And I'm a young drummer at the time. So I'm like, I was 15 when I'm watching this and I just started playing drums. And I just remember, I just remember how crisp he would play these, these notes on the hi hat. And, and I was like, I just wanted to get that sound. And then, and him playing open-handed and and playing the ride, you know, on the left-hand side. And it just, everything seems so fucking cool. Can I curse on here? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Um, everything seemed so fucking cool. And then I started listening to the live record and then I'd watch the video to see how he plays this particular thing. And I just, I just became infatuated with like how he was getting, I'd never heard anyone play drums like that before in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and it just, I don't know, man, it just, it just got me. And, and I, there was, I, I the way that people talk about Neil Peart and like, the first time they ever heard him and learning like YYZ and, and 2112 and all that stuff. That was Carter Beaufort for me. And it just, it just sucked me in and they were big at the time. I mean, they're still, they're still Dave Matthews band. They're massive, but, but they were like all over the airways. I mean, it just, I was just, you know, totally enamored by like everything he did. Garibaldi in there. Yeah, that's clean as hell. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, he was just getting ready to get into it. But and oh, I, damn like, it. <laughs> I know, I just remember like even, even the intro where he's just like, hey, everybody, God bless you. Y'all been great. Thank you so much for staying up with us tonight. We'll see you again. Y'all keep well, no doubt. And it's just like, and then Jesus. they go into the tune. And it's like, you did play this up and down. <laughs> dude, up and down, inside out, backwards. Like just, yeah, love that record. Have you ever uh, had Carter on your show? Never. And I've tried and tried and tried. He's a very quiet dude. Good for him. And, and when he's not on the road, he's just like, he doesn't answer email. He doesn't, you know, doesn't answer his cell phone. So he's very, 
very hard. I've tried and tried and tried, and I, I'm still trying, but like just to no avail. I know that um that Miguel from Modern Drummer did something with him a couple years ago and went and like sat side stage and got to take pictures and video and and ha- did like a little interview with him. But he said it took him years, and even even when they agreed to the interview. Uh, when he got there, Carter was like watching videos of him to like vet him and all that kind of stuff. So like wow. definitely not an easy guy to uh, to get. So, yeah. yeah, well, hopefully one day I'm going to put it out in the world. You're, you're going to get him. I like it. I like it. I'm trying. <laughs> all right. Number two, August and everything after released here's 1993. The artist is Counting Crows. The song choice is Anna Begins and Steve Bowman on drums. But yeah, take it away. Why would you choose number two? So this is so I I should have labeled or numbered these differently because this this is my favorite record of all time. August oh, and every, awesome. August and everything after Crowning Crows. I listened to this record every single day for a year and a half. Every night when I went to bed, I just put the CD in and listened to it uh, when I was in college. And there's something. And Steve Bowman, he played on this record and and sort of you know, disappeared into the abyss. And, and like, I still talk to him every once in a while, but he's like not really playing as much anymore. He's not in counting crows anymore. Mm. Um, but the way that the way that he played on this record, there's a couple things. One, I just think it's masterful. Like he, he never plays a note that doesn't need to be played. There's so much space. Uh, you know, some of the fills that he has are just literally like just these flams around the toms that are just like these wide open things. Um, And I think the other thing that I really like about this record is it's so clean and there's not a lot of effects on it. It's really just, it's really just a band playing in a room and you can listen to this record in 1975, 2005 or 2035. And it's, it's always going to sound the same. It's not going to sound dated. It's not going to sound like, you know, they were trying to do something, um, do something that was like innovative and cutting edge. It's just a great fucking record from, from top to bottom. The songwriting is great. The lyrics are great. The drumming is impeccable. Like, man, it's a, it's a great record. Wow. Well, you're quite the salesman, so here we go, and it begins. <laughs> Another crisp hi hat. I do like a crisp hi hat, I guess. Yeah. nothing. I am not worried. I am not overly concerned. My friend implores me. like very it's just so tasteful man yeah if you let it if you let it run even if you want to speed ahead to like where they get into the chorus of like the interplay between the hi-hat and the and the ride and it's just like very melodic okay
this the thing that's great about this tune too is like it it's it's just a constant gradual build and you'll notice like there's more instrumentation as it keeps going like there's background vocals and then they add a layer of background vocals and then they add another like so the whole it starts out like it's almost like you can feel his this like this sort of sadness and aggression building around this woman like this part Yeah, now there's two guitar parts going on too. Yeah. And the and the T-Bone Walker produced this, so like the engineering is great, but like all the different panning and like Yeah. She's talking in sleep. Yeah, totally. And then they'll add they add another then he gets more agitated and they add another level of it. It's not agitated, but more uh more passionate. I know what you mean, yeah. And then here's then there's another build right here. Yeah, just a release at the end. Oh, nice. Another layer layer of background vocals, another octave, you know, and then. And he's just like, I'm done. Like he lets it all out, and then I feel like he just like drops his head, and then like. Songs yeah, over. that that melody release too when he hits that high note is like that's that's what you want to happen a super yeah. poppy just like there you go yeah it's a great record man and the funny thing about that steve bowman was like he's like we spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars recording that record to make it sound like we recorded it for twenty five thousand dollars in a basement <laughs> and now even twenty five thousand dollars sounds like a lot today oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um all right, yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a record, and I think you've mentioned it before in your podcast that um, you've talked about that. And I I need to go down the rabbit hole of that record because that does sound amazing. There's there's not a bad song on the whole record. It's a it's one of those records you can listen to top to bottom and just like they kind of just weave into the next one. It's just it's really good. It's really sparse. It's like I don't know. It's my favorite record of all time. So there you have it. Hell yeah, man! All right, I won't hang three. on everyone that long. I promise. No, no, I love it. <laughs> Hey y'all, I wanted to, (laughs) I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show. But go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time 
and I just kept thinking about it. And so the opportunity to get it again was presented, and it is one of my favorite drums. So the Ocean Patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum. Check it out. Reach out to me. Go to Vessel Drum Co. The Instagram's just at Vessel Drum Co. And check it out. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Sounds great. Bye. Uh, number three, Live at Yoshi's. 2011. The mm-hmm. artist is Pat Martino. Song choice is Mac Tough Live. And the drummer, Billy Hart. So, yeah, take it away. So, I'm from Philly. Pat Martino's from Philly. Uh, and and Joey DeFrancesco, the organ player who just passed away recently, uh, also from Philly. I grew up watching Joey DeFrancesco. Um, that whole family means has always meant a lot to me. His brother, Johnny, and I put out a record together. Uh, who's a Johnny's a phenomenal, phenomenal guitar player. Art, like, arguably one of the the greater uh blues slash jazz guitar players out there and quick story about him he he had a record deal he was like on his way up 9-11 happened decided he wanted to fight for his country gave up his music career went to have and joined the service and went and did like four tours in iraq wow and for him man so I've the most I have the utmost respect for him. But uh yeah. so the so the De Francesco family has has been like when I was 16 years old, they used to let me sneak into this club and watch them and watch them play. Joey D is as far as I'm concerned, the best Hammond organ player that that ever lived on the face of the earth. Okay. Uh Joey D. Francesco. So uh this record, I didn't know about this record. I was driving back and forth. I owned a studio with um DJ Q Ball. He was the the DJ for the Bloodhound Gang. I don't know if you remember them. Um, oh, yeah. Hooray for boobies. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so he and I owned a studio together and I was driving back and forth. Uh, we, I lived about an hour away from the studio, so we were driving back and forth. I would always listen to 90.1 in Philly and uh, Jeff Duperon was the was the DJ, God rest his soul. And he would always just play like, he would always, I was just talking about this yesterday, he would just play like the most amazing shit all the time. And he had like, you know, he had like the 3A, he would do like, Hey everybody, you're listening to ninety point one. It's two fifty seven in the AM. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you need to know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like you didn't know it was in the AM. You know what I mean? I'm aggressively self aware of that, sir. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So I I got this record and I was like, what is this? And I you know I knew Pat Martino, uh, knew Joey D. Obviously, never heard this record, and I was just like blown away by this record. Um. And it was right around Christmas time. My parents owned a restaurant. We did like a Pollyanna, and somehow someone got me this record and uh or cd you know and then it was just one of those things that i just like listened to over and over and over and over again uh and it's just a, it's a great it's a great true jazz guitar record so hell yeah and with Where the great go. billy hart on drums which is like you know billy hart's one of the one of the greatest jazz drummers of all time He's played on everything so mm-hmm. if you anyone listening if you haven't listened if you haven't checked out and like gone down the rabbit hole of billy hart go check him out Right on. Well, here's here's Mac Tough Live. And this is the Bay Area Yoshis, right? Yep, yep. The Bay, the Yoshis where David Garibaldi got hit by a train out in front of, which is... <sighs> my God, that's still insane. Absolutely insane. I'm so thankful that those... He and Mark are, are okay. Yep. Yeah. 
That was a cool little metric modulation yeah. thing there. It's funny because it's pan drummer's perspective, but the drum still seems so far away like you're watching. It's really fun. Yeah. There's like a lot there's there's a lot of stuff going on but at the same time no one's stepping on anyone's on anyone's toes there's just like there's a lot of space there too yeah that red symbol's so washy and filling mm -hmm. up so much space it sounds great Plane's amazing. Are you familiar with Pat Martino at all? Not really, no. no. So he, um, the interesting thing about his, he had a stroke years ago and completely forgot how to play guitar and relearned how to play again. <laughs> of course. And that prior to this. Oh, so this is him post stroke? This is post stroke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that ha I wish that would have never happened to them, but that adds to his legendary cat, you know, status. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, un unfortunately he and, and Joey DeFrancesco are no longer with us, but mm -hmm. Billy Hart's still around, but, uh, Joey just passed away a month and a half ago. I'm uh, sorry, man. Yeah. Which fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, and Pat passed away two years ago. Hmm. So, uh, but a great, I mean, not to be, you know, not to be too somber, um, yeah. uh, but just a lie. I mean, a, a, one, it's a great live record and, and two, uh, just the fact that you have three of the, I mean, Pat is, you know, arguably one of the best. You have Joey DeFrancesco, you have Billy Hart, just the three of them together. It's just a powerhouse trio, um, that like, I don't think we're going to see too many more trios like that. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, we have Blink One Eighty Two. So we do have Blink One Eighty Two. So all, all hope is not lost. Yeah, yeah. All right. So number four, uh, Two Against Nature. Uh, uh, release year is two thousand one. The artist is Steely Dan. Song choice is the titular track, Two Against Nature, and the drummer is Ricky Lawson. I'll be honest. I'm embarrassed sometimes when I'm around drummers that know so many more drummers than me. I'm not that familiar with Ricky Lawson, so I'm excited to hear more about him. So please. Please go. <laughs> so, Rick, the the interesting thing about this record it has a lot of people on it. Vinnie Calyuta is on it. Keith uh, Keith Carlock is on it. Uh, oh, Ricky wow. Ricky Lawson's on it, and uh, I think there's one other drummer. I'm probably I'm probably missing one. Um, but Ricky Lawson is is one of those guys that you know he he was a session guy. He passed away, but um, he was a session guy. Uh, played with Steely Dan for years. Um, he played with um played with Michael Jackson. I mean, he's played with he's oh, one of wow. he's just he's just played with everybody and just has this insane groove. And this whole record, when I always my brother and I always joke, like if you're gonna go try out a stereo, you take a Steely Dan record with you because you know mm -hmm. it's always engineered really well, it's always mixed really well. Yep. Um and I so I listen to a ton of Steely Dan, but this is really the first Steely Dan record that came out like in my was sort of in my heyday, right? Like it, when I was really learning, learning drums, they hadn't released a record in a long time. Um, so when it came out, 
it just, it just really it really spoke to me just because of the musicianship the grooves and just like for me that was always the goal i was like i would love to play and if you get chosen to play with steely dan you know that you've done something right and and you're at the at the you know you're at the paramount of uh of your playing ability the funny thing about this that when the record came out there was a live they did a live show uh showcasing all these tunes and my parent is right when i was uh i just graduated high school and i had some friends over and they were like yo we're gonna get these chicks to come over and i'm like all right cool and all these girls come over and everything we're all sitting around the couch and I made them watch this two against nature concert. And yeah. by the end of the concert, it's me sitting there by myself watching the concert and everyone had left. And hey man, just, priorities, dude. And didn't, and couldn't have cared less. So good for you. I just man. remember that. And then like, I remember talking to someone a couple years ago and it was a, uh, this girl that or woman that I'm friends with. And she's like, I, oh, yeah, I remember we were all, like at your house and you just like, we're watching some concert. And I'm like, yeah, it was the two against nature. I remember. <laughs> immediately recognizable steely dan oh i put i put two against nature on there i can Wait, do you have do, oh, you can't just load another no no they're, they're all up which which track do you want let's do um let's do gaslighting abby all right here we go yeah i don't know why i thought i had i thought i'd put that on there I love two against nature with this. I just like, yeah, this is a great, this is the intro track. Yep. So it's just like, it's a great way to set up a record. Oh yeah. Just drops in. And just like, this is that, like, this is a quintessential, like Ricky Lawson feel these like, this just tight snappy you know like you get the ghost notes it's just the song just grooves man guitar playing is impeccable one plus summer you come to me right and ready and that through and through With baseline is just running of like no crashes really yeah just tight punchy you know like yeah nothing feels out of place like just the harmonies are, are just like sweet just floating up on top they have like these cool horn stabs that you'll hear like throughout Just like, just horn. I love. I mean, the arrangement is is really good. Everything is done masterfully. It's recorded in the best studio. It's engineered and and mixed and mastered perfectly. Uh, it's yes, yeah, it's a it's a great. I mean, and you got to think, man. Like now, I'm like, oh, that's a newer record. That record came out in what 2001, I think. 21 years, 22 years ago, almost. Right. Right. Insane. I still think like 95 was like 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. I remember vividly uh, 
going into the year 2000, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Washington and for Y2K, everyone was freaking out about it. My dad flipped the lights off at the exactly midnight. So we thought the world was ending. <laughs> He's such a jerk, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, it. but that's again, amazing. that seems like yesterday. So, all right. Number five, and we do have two honorable mentions that I want to get to, but the album is The Tipping Point, released here's 2004. Mm -hmm. The artist is The Roots, song choice is Star slash Pointro, and uh, the drummer is Questlove. So take it away. This, another Philly band, you know, I grew up on, I I grew up on hip hop, so not having a bunch of hip hop uh, CDs in here is pretty funny, but um, I grew up listening to hip hop, and as dumb as it sounds, when I was a kid, like I didn't even think about being a musician. I was just like, oh, if you want to be, if you want to be, quote unquote, in music, you have to be, a, you have to be like a rapper, or you have to be a dancer, or something. like I grew up at the time where like you know those Bobby Brown and all these guys, and they had like their like dancing entourage, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and literally like as embarrassing as it sounds, like used to like dance to Bobby Brown in my room and shit, right? Like I, yeah. that's what I thought you had to do. And then um, my whole my whole early childhood, like I listened to everything from NWA to to Easy E to EPMD to the DOC to uh, you know to the Roots. And the thing that I really loved about the Roots, one, they were from Philly, so there was like this hometown pride thing. But they they had a band. They were like a jazz band. And I was like, whoa, what's this? This is really cool. Got really into the Roots. And then for some reason, when this record came out. It's it's just one of those records that like it speaks to you, right? And it was it was in the the CD player of my of my truck for a year, so every time I started my truck, this record was just playing. And it, I think the 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 biggest reason why it had an impact on me is that I was really into Carter Beaufort at the time. I was playing, you know, I had eighty seven splash cymbals on my on my drum set and everything, and I was playing in a band that was like that. We were starting to pick up speed. We were we started touring and. I just I felt like I felt like I needed something different and I needed to to play a lot more musically. And when I was listening to this record, I just hearing how Quest Love approached things and just like really deep in the pocket. And because of this record, there was a year that I played shows with a kick, a snare, a hi-hat, and a ride cymbal. And that was it. Just because I was like, if they're not, it just eliminated all my options and I had to get creative with those things. Um, mm -hmm. And that's all thanks to Questlove. And I think it really, it really solved. I loved it for the music, but it also, I also love what it did for my playing because it just made me, it made me play a lot more. Uh, it got rid of all the busyness in my playing. Like, sure. W you know, in, in a year's time of listening to this record. And so everything I was like, I was playing was like, what would Questlove do in this situation? So that's the the long uh, long answer to a short question. Also, I should set this up that I think that Black Thought, who's who's the MC for the Roots, is the greatest MC of all time. There you go. And if you don't believe me, go go on YouTube and look up uh, his Hot ninety seven freestyle that he freestyles for eleven minutes. Jeez. Okay. I mean, you know, and it, it's obviously like there's some programming in there and and there's you know the hand claps and all that stuff but like at the same time there's a there's a backing there's a background beat of just quest just laying it down yeah. 
lift them up high. Okay, when that adrenaline get in any system, it get them out on a quest for stardom. Could be a motherfucking problem in Philly, Cincinnati, Los Angeles, or Harlem. Kids call themselves killers, let their hammers do the talking. Don't even know the meaning of life. Ain't seen a thing, and you dream of flooding the scenery with yayo and greenery buffing now. You sticking them with the heavy machinery. Wonder how you lift it up. We only 17, and like everybody, he wanna shine. Young brothers on a grind, holding something in these spine, bowling for Columbine. Stressing to me. And this is just like a true. It's just like a true hip hop record, you know. Um, it's not. It's not trying to be anything that it's not. Like there, they didn't. There weren't. I don't even think. I'm trying to think what. I don't even know what singles came out of this. If there were, it's just like a. It's just a real deal hip hop record that's really good. I would never, you know, from like a from a technical standpoint, like I would never put him up there with anyone else, or with like a Vinnie Calyuta or anybody like that. But he's just like he just plays the right stuff at the at the right time he's a he's a hip-hop drummer uh but he's also a musicologist so he knows like period wise if he's if he's playing you know if if he's playing a different style or something like that he knows where to draw from and make it sound authentic uh because he's mm -hmm. done he's done the background or he's done the research to to know what he should be playing how he should be playing tunings approaches all that kind of stuff um so yeah i just respect the hell out of him which is as I get older, that's the kind of stuff I would want to bring to a session as opposed to the Vinny-isms. Um, yeah. But he does have some sneaky, quick bass drum stuff in there. There are some yeah. beats where ba 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 You're like, dude, that is control that, like, he's, yeah, he's a sneaky little Pete. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so let's do the last two, and they are going to be honorable mentions. Uh, and this is a band that I don't necessarily consider myself a fan or not fan of. I just know so little about Fish. Right. But the first one is Fish's record, Slip, Stitch, and Pass. So why did these, I don't know if you want to talk about them together um, or separately, but yeah, Fish, what's the what's the deal? So I, Fish is the, Fish is the band that really got me into actually playing music. So um, when I was, when I was 14, and almost 15 years old, I went, my brother, my brother and my sister were like going to fish concerts and going to see the Grateful Dead and going to see uh, this other band, um, Rugby Road. And like, and I was like, what is, what's this fish thing about? And they brought me to a concert and I was, dude, I was fucking blown away. I'd never seen anything like it. Like I'd been to a couple concerts in my day. Like I went to a Vanilla Ice concert. Thank you very much. Um, and <laughs> Hell Yes. And I like I'd gone to a couple concerts, but nothing, nothing crazy. And we went and saw Fish at the at the Wells Fargo Center, um, and it just they completely blew my mind. And I was like, I'd never seen it between visually, music, musically, how people, how into the band people were, and when they were playing, I just remember looking down and I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Um, and so the Slip Stitch and Pass record. Back in the day when records came out, they came out on Tuesdays. So my brother, my brother and I, my brother would bring me to the record store on Monday night at eleven fifty nine, you know, and they would open it mid so legally they could sell it because it was technically Tuesday. Um, oh, that's a good big brother. Yeah, he was super. He's still a great big brother. Um, so one, I just one of the records that I bought was the Slip Stitch and Pass record, and it's one of those things that I just just listen to it over and over and over and over and over again, and and know like every note of every song. Never really played along with with I I, I played along with uh, Weekapaw Groove, which is uh, which is on there, but um, mostly just like 
just listening to this record from top to bottom and top to bottom and top to bottom. And then the other one that I put on there is a live one. And, and that's the same thing. Like I just, it was just one of those records that I listened to all the time. Um, really opened that was that was a record that really opened up my mind to like different styles of music and and improvisational music and and got me going down the road of like playing improvisational jazz and and so both of those records between that and then going starting to go see fish like i've been to 95 fish shows at this point so You're like not exaggerating is that an actual number no that's 97 actually but <laughs> wow um but but they just they opened up my world or they opened me up to a whole new world of of other styles of music and and styles of playing and stuff like that so those two like i still listen to those records and can instantly be back in like my bedroom or in my car and i would i that was like right when i started driving so i remember like driving around and just listening to like all these tunes and i don't know they're just they just mean a lot to me the the, the whole band does too you know okay. just like fish in general so well, I will put a link to the playlist for everything we've got, nice. gone over today. So please, uh, if anyone has the time, listen to um, both those fish records. But we are unfortunately out of time. I, I do have a hard out, and I'm really sorry to say that. All but good. before we go, obviously, if people listening, if you clicked on it, if you're into drumming podcasts, you're listening to this, so you know who Nick is. Um, but do a little bit of a pitch where people can find you. Sure. where Because I know you have another podcast called Uncut, but mm -hmm. just... Yeah, do a little self-promotion. Sure. So, uh, yeah, so I have Drummer's Resource Podcast. So I started that in 2013, and and we've released 650-some episodes of sort of every, I don't know, to me, like every great drummer in the world has been on there, uh, except for Carter Beaufort, of course. <laughs> I'm all, this yeah. is my this is the thing. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I run a podcast, and like the greatest drummers in the world come on. And always someone's like, have you ever had this person? I'm like, no, I haven't had that person. Damn it. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I've had, you know, everyone from Chad Smith to, to, uh, to John Fishman from fish to, uh, I mean, Steve Jordan to, to Steve Gadd and, and sort of everyone in between, like I've had everyone. Yeah, um, so that's going strong. I, I did do, uh, I had a podcast for a little while called uncut. That's sort of just in hiatus. I've just been, been okay. pretty, pretty busy. Um, but yeah, you can find me. I'm on, you know, I'm on Instagram at Nick Ruffini and, and I'm the Nick Ruffini on Twitter because someone stole Nick Ruffini. So, um, and Nick, if you're listening, give it back. Yeah. I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm actively working on it right now. Trying to get it back. So, um, although the Nick Ruffini is kind of cool too. Yeah. It's a little douchey, but <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's all about perspective, but yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, so if, you, if you're into drumming, you're listening to this podcast, so I'm guessing you are. So, you know, if you want to check that out, we release a, a new episode every Monday. And uh, yeah, I'm on the I'm on the interwebs. Just Google me. You can. I'm pretty easy to find. Pretty easy to track oh, down. Yeah. Well, I am a huge fan of the Drummer's Resource. And Thank um, you, dude. It's, uh, I've been listening to you for years. Uh, one of the inspirations for doing my own podcast, but you, you, you cover so much different stuff than I do. And so um, it's always fun to, to listen. And um, you're, a, you're a great interviewer, a great conversationalist. And it was an honor, to say the least, to have you on my show, thanks, man. So man. Thanks, for Thanks for hanging out. Of course. It was, of course. It was my, my pleasure to be on here. I'm, I'm really stoked that you asked me. I love, like, I'm usually not on this side of the mic. So it's, uh, it, I know. it's always an interesting change. <laughs> for sure. But all right, man. Well, I do have to go. But um, let's, let's chat soon, dude. Definitely. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. 
It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!